Scripture passage this morning is out of John, John chapter 4, verses 4 through 19. Now he had to go through Samaria, so he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water at that time. Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews did not associate with Samaritans. Well, Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it was that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, You have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and all of his livestock? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I don't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go call your husband and come back. Well, I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. This is the word of God for the people of God. The Woman at the Well, Part 1. I say Part 1 because this is a... It's an amazing story. Just an amazing story. And there's a lot to cover in this chapter, John chapter 4. For, For us and for our study, what we're looking at, I've condensed it down to three words. John chapter 4, down to three words. Okay? You ready? Woman, water, worship. Woman, water, worship. Today we're going to focus on the woman. Jesus comes to Samaria. He's on his way to Galilee. The reason being is because between him and John the Baptist, they stirred up a little bit of trouble in Judea. Okay? So in the first part of John chapter 4, it talks about how Jesus and his disciples were actually baptizing more people than John. Okay, So there was a shift that was taking place spiritually between John the Baptist, the forerunner of Christ, the one who was saying that he's out in the wilderness and, and the Lamb of God is coming and all that was taking place. 
John had also stirred up some of the some issue with the Romans. Okay? As in calling out Herod's sin. Not something that you really want that just doesn't make you necessarily popular. So you're going to go and call out the king's sin and, and all and tell him he needs to get his life right, and you're going to cause some issue. And that's what John the Baptist did. Anybody that's dressed with camel skin and eat locust and honey and long hair out in the wilderness is going to draw some attention as well. Feel free. You're welcome to go dress up like that. I'm not going to throw any daggers at you. I'm going to be jealous of your long hair. But it, the fact of the matter is when, when that has happened, then he's stirring issue with the Roman government. John is, has done that. He's also stirring issue with the Pharisees, the religious leaders of the time, because he's out baptizing people for repentance of sin. But now, John chapter 4 tells us that Jesus is baptizing more than John. Do you see where the concern can, be, can rise up at that point? So Jesus is now basically walking alongside of, of John to a point of baptizing people and, and sin into repentance and, and such. And so then that's going to catch the Romans' attention and also going to catch the Pharisees' attention. So at this point in time, Jesus says, I'm leaving Judea and I'm going to go back to Galilee. Well, there was this country that was between the two. It was called Samaria. A country that the Jews didn't associate with. Jesus had no problem with that. Which I think is awesome. Here's our sermon in a sentence. God is waiting for you. In your need. Even if you don't know it. God is waiting for you. In your need, even if you don't know it. John chapter 4, verses 4 and 6. Here's what I want us to understand about this point. God's heart is intentional for you. His heart. The very person of who He is is intentional for you and about you. John chapter 4. Jesus had to go to Samaria. I'll stop right there. One of the most, in, in my reading and studying of this passage, one of the most powerful things that has come out of this passage is two words. Had to. Did Jesus have to go to Samaria? From a physical context, no. He didn't have to. He could have taken the long way around like all the other Jews and not even touched Samaria. But it's recorded in Scripture that Jesus had to go to Samaria. In the Greek, those two words, had to, this is what it means. That it is necessary that there is need of, that it is right and proper, that it is a necessity of law and command. Pretty powerful. Two words that roll off of our tongue all the time. Here are purposeful, 
intentional. It was a command given to Jesus. He had to go to Samaria. So how does that work? He had to go. John chapter 5, verses 16 through 19. Listen. So Jesus was doing things on the Sabbath, and the Jews persecuted him. It's kind of like a regular thing, right? So anytime the Sabbath was happening, you can figure Monday's newspaper is going to read, Jesus was doing something on the Sabbath, and we went and persecuted him. But he was. And Jesus said to them, those who persecuted him, My Father is always at work to this very day, and I am working too. For this reason, the Jews tried all the harder to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own Father, making him equal with God. But Jesus gave this answer. I tell you the truth. Here it comes. The Son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his Father doing. Because what the Father does, the Son does also. Now we can make that very personal, and even in our own lives, as fathers and sons. My son, sons will do what they see me doing. They will. We, as sons, have done what we seen, have seen our father doing. Have we not? Absolutely. Jesus is no different, and he's meeting us right there. Just like daughters will watch their moms and daughters will watch their fathers. And, and, and that relationship that God has given us is an example of Jesus' relationship to the Father. So when Jesus sees and understands what the Father is doing, He is going to do it. Therefore, He had to go to Samaria. Why? Because there was a person in need and He was going to meet them there. Church, that's you. That's me. In my need, He's already there. And He is waiting. He had to go to Samaria. He was on assignment. He meets us at our need. And His heart is intentional. It is purposeful toward you. Jesus knows you. He knows you. Again, the same passage in John. <clears throat> he told her, go to your husband and come back. But I have no husband, she replied. And we know the story. You're right when you say that. That's got to be a confidence builder. At least I would be like... <laughs> I would be like, if I said that, and Jesus goes, you're right. I'd be like, I told the truth. You know, that's a plus. Because you know your past, right? We know our past better than anybody else. And we know how we can turn that past, and we can reword that past, so it's not so bad. But she was just, what have I got to lose? I've just got to, I mean, I, and, she's, and she's at that point. And we know that because of the time frame, the literal time frame, that's, it's taking place. It's at noon. 
Some, some versions will say it's the sixth hour. But at the sixth hour, then was noon today. Heat of the day. Nobody else is going to be going out to draw water in the middle of the day. They're going to go in the morning. They're going to go in the evening. Not her. She knows her past. Many people, I would have imagined, reminded her of it over and over again. Even by the, the look that she would receive from people. And unfortunately, we can all relate to that, can we not? There's been something in our life that hasn't been beautiful. We know it. And we know everybody else knows it. Right? And they're not afraid to share it. They're not afraid to make the look. They're not afraid to say something. And that's where she was. And one bad decision ended up being another bad decision, ended up being another bad decision to the point where she would not go to get water, something that she needed with everybody else. She wanted to be alone. She wanted to be invisible. She didn't want to be talked to. She had dealt enough with the sayings, the comments. I just want to be alone. I don't want to be harassed. I want to get what I need to get and go. Can you imagine in those situation, that in that situation, and, and she walks up to the well, and as she's coming up to the well, she sees a man sitting there. Having carrying all of that emotional baggage and all of that weight, she's walking up there and there's a guy that she's never seen before and she can probably tell at points that he's Jewish and she has got to be, you have got to be joking me. I rearranged my whole day to avoid all this and who is this guy that is sitting up here and i got to get this water anyway. So she's walking up and she's carrying her stuff and you know she's got to be like, don't say anything, please don't say anything, I just don't want to hear it, just don't, don't say anything, don't say anything. Hey, can you give me a drink? Rats! Man, really? Sure enough. But see, Jesus knows you. He knows you. He knows you. He knows it all. All of it. Kathy, I love your shirt. I love it. T-shirts are awesome. Fully known and loved anyway. Fully known and loved anyway. Is that not awesome? She didn't know that yet. She didn't know that yet. She's worrying about being exposed. She's worrying about the comments. And yet, here's this Jew and says to her, can you give me a drink? Well, it goes from her own emotional baggage to, are you joking me? You are breaking every law that is known to both of our groups, to, that is known to man. And you're asking me, a Jew, a Samaritan, a man, a woman, for a drink. Jesus is like, yeah, aunt. And that's what I love. In the middle of all this, he knows all of what's going on. Remember, he's been put there on assignment. Right? And when you get an assignment, think about this, when you get an assignment to go do something, 
you're given further information. At least we hope so in the working world, right? <laughs> Other times it's just, hey, we're going to have a miracle today because I don't know what's going on, but here we go. But he's get, Jesus knows. He knows it all. He knows how it's going to play out. But He knows her, but He knows us. Isaiah 43, 1. But now thus saith the Lord, He who created you, He who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. Listen to this. You are mine. You are mine. He knows you. Romans 8.26 He hears you when you can't even speak. Because the Spirit will groan and utter to the Heavenly Father because you can't even put words together. He knows you. He knows your heart. Jeremiah 29.11 He knows the plans He has for you because He knows you. 1 John 3.20 God is greater than our hearts. And He knows everything about us. He knows you. He knows where you're going to be. He knows where you are. And He knows your need. She didn't. She didn't know what she really needed. She had some ideas of what she wanted. But she didn't know what she needed. Here's some of the things that she needed. She needed hope. She needed to know that she was loved. She needed to know that her life wasn't wasted. That she was trusted. And this is awesome. But she was trusted. No matter what her state was. No matter what her past was. She was trusted to bring a message to Samaria. Of who God was. Who Jesus was. He was the Messiah. She needed to know that she wasn't condemned. And then she needed to know that she wasn't worthless. What about you? What's your need? What do you need from the one sitting at the well who has living water to give to you? He knows you. Fear not. For in your need you have been redeemed. You have been called by name. And God says to you today that you are mine. We need to know that our past does not determine our worth or our value. We need to understand that. We all have a past. A past that can be redeemed for someone else's restoration. How about that? A past that we are redeemed from is a gift of restoration to someone else. It's amazing, isn't it? Your past does not define your ability to impact. It doesn't. Verse 28, Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to town and she said to the people, Come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? 
How many of us are bold enough to say that? Yeah, I met a guy who told me everything I ever did. If somebody told me that, I would be like, I'm not so sure I want to go meet him. Because he may tell everybody else what I did. But that's not the point that she was making. The point that she was making is that she had run into someone who was the prophet, the Messiah, who was coming to save the world. And in that, he had saved her first. And had given her the responsibility to go share with others. Her past didn't matter. Her heart was willing. Many of the Samaritans of that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did, she said. So when the Samaritans came to meet him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed for two days. Because of his words, many more became believers. Your past does not stop you from being one of impact. As a matter of fact, she has gone from one who was made comments about to one where the Samaritans and that group believed her testimony, her word. The testimony of her past life, which they used for condemnation and to shun her and to keep her out, had been redeemed and restored so that she was now the one who gave the testimony of life. What a transition. That's us. That can be us. Many of us have pasts, and we have met the Christ. He has saved us from our sins. The step that we haven't done is we haven't run into town and told people about it. We haven't. She did, and it was embraced, and she was embraced. And people were, were brought to the belief in who Jesus is, and their lives changed. Our past does not determine our worth, and our past does not define our ability to make impact. Your willingness to allow God into your present circumstances will shift your today and your future. It will. We read it in Scripture, testimony after testimony after testimony. We have met people who have changed from what they were to moving and living in who they are. Do you see the difference? What they were defined by their past, their actions. Who they are, how God sees them. It's amazing. But that's for each one of us. Because each one of us is a who. He has breathed life into us. He has created us. He knows us by name. Not only does He know us by name, but He knows the plans that He has for us. That's who we are. We are His. As Isaiah 43 tells us. We are His. Jesus targeted one of the most unworthy people. And through her, He revealed 
the world's most precious gift. None of us are too far gone. None of us. No matter what you're facing, even today at this moment, doesn't define who you are, but God can certainly use it to prepare you to be His voice. To share with others who He is. To allow your life and all of it could be wretchedness and wrecked. To be a precious vessel for Him to pour out of into the lives of someone else. Things may be great in your life. They could be amazing. No complaints. Everything's going fantastic. That's great. With God being unlimited, you can go further. There is more for you to become. So it doesn't matter if life is in the cellar or you're sitting on top of the world. There is more for all of us. And His name is Jesus. John chapter 4, the woman. We all fit into this story somewhere. Somehow. But no matter what you're facing, no matter what need you know that you have, or a need that you don't know that you have yet, God is sitting at the well of living water, waiting to cross your path. I pray that when you do, because you're going to run into Him sometime, somewhere, just like she did, out of a physical need, she ran into Jesus. But somehow, somewhere, you will run across the path. You will walk past the well that Jesus is sitting at. And He's already got a plan. He is there on purpose, on assignment, for you and your heart. Take time to be honest with Him and to talk with Him. And when you leave, you will never be the same. Father, Lord God, I thank you for this day that you've given us and the blessing that you are to us. God, I ask you to reveal our needs. God, I ask you to reveal them to us. Father, I also ask you to allow our eyes to be opened to see that moment and recognize that moment when we are at the well with you. That we will allow you to literally pour into our lives and change us. And Father, I ask for the courage for each one of us to share and to tell of who you are to those around us. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.